Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Here we are past the 4th of July, that exciting time of year when there is celebration of the independence of the nation of America from Britain's tyranny, tyrannical rule, and what have you. Of course, what is it marked by now? You know, apart from celebration, what is it marked by? Of course, bloody violence and anarchy. And, of course, political demagoguing and pandering to the utmost. And I will get to those things. But I'm going to start in another part of the world. Having to do with communist China. The communist Chinese regime of Xi Jinping, president for life. Not just de facto president for life, as is the case with Vladimir Putin, but actually expressed, publicly stated, enumerated president for life, dictator for life, in bloody red China, the regime responsible for more state-sponsored mass murder than any regime in human history thus far. Most favored nation, China. Communist mainland China. Well, of course, they went ahead, the regime did, they went ahead with this security measure, so-called, for Hong Kong, national security legislation for the quasi-autonomous city of Hong Kong. It was autonomous until, of course, Britain, weak, weak, weak Britain, saw fit to cede it to the communist regime, which it had never belonged to. It was not leased to Britain. Britain owned Hong Kong. But they ceded it, they gave it to the most horrifically murderous communist regime in human history. Bravo, Britain! Really well done there. Jolly good. And Hong Kong has been in limbo since. With a chokehold tightening annually. But finally, communist Chinese regime has made it official concerning the status of Hong Kong. Meanwhile, Canada. You know, dear old Canada. Part of that great British Empire, previously. Well, its Prime Minister, its weak Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, son of a famous prime minister. But Justin Trudeau, he said that 
Canada was suspending the extradition treaty, which it had with Hong Kong, in light of this new national security legislation, which makes Hong Kong completely, utterly subservient and enslaved by communist China. And so the extradition treaty, if it were to remain in effect, would result in Canada extraditing individuals from Canada to communist China. So (laughs) they have suspended that treaty. Yes, Canada. Meanwhile, of course, the UK, the brave, inspired United Kingdom, Great Britain, it has also, you know, joined in, along with the United States of America. Forget, just put aside the fact that the reason all of this is going on is because of what the UK did in ceding Hong Kong, free Hong Kong, democratic Hong Kong, to communist China. Well, communist China is not thrilled with this, with this suspension of this extradition treaty. And it stated via its spokesman, Zhao Lejian, that China reserved the right to take additional action, additional measures against Canada for suspending this treaty. Oh, yes, peaceful, benevolent, beneficent, communist China. You know, Xi Jinping, BFF of Donald Trump Sr., and, you know, world citizen Xi Jinping. But... In the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson, the prime minister, he has promised the citizens of Hong Kong to grant them new visas and the opportunity to become citizens of Great Britain. Well, surprise, surprise, communist China, the communist regime is not totally on board with that, not pleased with that, not thrilled with that. (laughs) And they have stated that Boris Johnson has caused a clear and serious breach of (laughs) their relations. While Johnson, of course, he rightly stated that the communist regime created a clear and serious breach of the 1984 treaty between Great Britain and Communist China. Oh, that wonderful treaty. That treaty that only cowards and idiots took part in on the part of Great Britain to give free democratic Hong Kong, which was owned by Great Britain, to communist China because it just seemed like the right thing to do. It just seemed, oh, I don't know, racist to hold on to Hong Kong, you know. 
that it really belonged to mainland China just by default to the communist regime, which it had not belonged to. But, oh, well, just the way it is. So, communist China, it went on the offensive, even as it's gone on the offensive with Hong Kong. And it is threatening to block all Hong Kong citizens from leaving Hong Kong and heading to Great Britain. But Boris Johnson, living large, Boris Johnson, Britain's version of Donald Trump Sr., he has re-stated, reinforced his commitment to this grand idea to offer a path to British citizenship for all peoples of Hong Kong. Lots of luck with that, buddy. Lots of luck with that. Right? We can give Hong Kong, the city-state of Hong Kong, to communist China, along with all of its citizens, all of its business, all of its industry, everything else. Back in 1984. But now, in the enlightened age of 2020, we offer to allow the remaining people of Hong Kong to flee to Great Britain. Well, it's better than nothing, isn't it? But lots of luck actually accomplishing that. Do you really imagine Communist China will stand for that. I mean, it really, this is just wonderful lip service by a politician, really. You know, it's not a bad idea per se, but it's a pipe dream because the totalitarian regime of communist China will not permit it. But, oh well. But speaking of this, totalitarian regime. The Federal Bureau of Investigation's headman, Director Christopher Wray, he has really gotten tough on communist China. Oh my, so tough. He stated that China is or constitutes the greatest long-term threat to the United States of America's, United States of America's information and intellectual property and to our economic vitality. Oh my, is that all? Only our information and intellectual property and our economic vitality? I've got news for you, Christopher Ray. Communist China along with Putin's Russian regime, constitutes, currently, constitutes the greatest threat to the national security of the United States of America, to the sovereignty of the United States of America, to the freedom of the United States of America, other than the Democrat Party. But, He cited various different fascinating 
activities by the communist regime of Xi Jinping. But let's be clear about it. Xi Jinping is the current dictator for life. That could change in a heartbeat. As far as I know, his health is fine and strong and so forth. But if he died tomorrow, he would be replaced by someone absolutely as bad as he is. The communist Chinese regime is the enemy here, not just Xi Jinping. But Xi Jinping, he is responsible personally and the communist regime, responsible for, among other things, a little program known as Fox Hunt. No, that is not connected to Fox News. No, no, or Fox TV, Fox Entertainment. No, nor is it pertaining to Fox Hunting in terms of what is normally construed as being Fox Hunting. No, But this clever little ditty of a name that's been applied to it, Fox Hunt, pertains to something very different. It is described as being an anti-corruption campaign. Anti-corruption. But what is the effect of it? What does it do? It seeks to bring... Chinese nationals who are outside of communist China back to communist China by hook and crook, by coercion, by threat, by blackmailing, and most onerously, by leaning heavily upon family members and loved ones of those nationals who are in the communist Chinese regime's clutches. As an example, when the communist Chinese regime could not locate one of these targeted individuals who was here in the United States of America, they were able to pay a visit to the family of that individual here in the United States of America. Couldn't track down that individual, track down that individual's family. Paid that family a visit. And this emissary, so-called, passed on a message to the family that that targeted individual must either return to communist China promptly or commit suicide. Huh. So if they are stating that this person should commit suicide, how safe do you think that person would be if they returned to communist China? This isn't the mafia here, any brand of it. You know, Russian mafia, Albanian mafia, Italian mafia, Irish mafia, any other kind, and offering this little message, 
You know, this isn't coming from the Godfather. This is coming from the communist Chinese regime to a Chinese national family in the United States of America. Oh, but Xi Jinping, he's just a sweetie. He is just, you know, such a good guy. I can totally understand how Donald Trump Sr. views him as being a friend and a good guy and so forth. Well, one young man, one young Chinese student who was studying here in the United States of America was kidnapped and taken out via a Californian airport. But just nice stuff, good stuff. You know, oh, it's just communist China is only a threat to intellectual property, right? Just, you know, making knockoffs of things, right? Just refusing to pay royalties and fees. Oh, yes. That's on information and our economic vitality. How about the fact that the communist Chinese regime has stolen all state-of-the-art military secrets of the United States of America and has produced their own tweaked versions of these weapon systems? Little things like that. That isn't about intellectual property per se or information or economic vitality That is about national security. That is about sovereignty. That is about survival. Life and death. But, of course, the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, at least he recognizes that communist China is not a friendly neighbor of ours. No, not friendly, but certainly not murderous. (laughs) Just ask the Christian church in communist China that has been so monstrously persecuted. Not just famous ministers, Chinese missionaries, national missionaries, national ministers, and what have you, but ministers of tiny little house churches, and even young mothers who are teaching kindergarten Sunday school classes, and even taking care of babies in nurseries during services, have been arrested and imprisoned. In communist China, most favored nation, best friend, communist China. Meanwhile, in adjacent, in communist China, adjacent Russia, Vladimir Putin, dear Vlad, BFF Vladimir Putin, who succeeded in receiving... This seal of public approval in this referendum on his constitutional reforms, so-called, 
that will permit him to remain officially to remain president through 2036. Vladimir Putin, man of the people, lover of liberty. Well, since he received that public stamp of approval, you know, by hook and crook, in the past week, pardon me, the past week it reeks of Vladimir Putin's dictatorship, his de facto dictatorship. Russian Federation, eh, it's not Soviet Union, it's not communist, but it's fascist dictatorship. And in the past week or two, he has seen fit to arrest two individuals, to have them arrested, seemingly completely unrelated, and seemingly because they are bad guys. (laughs) Fascinating about that. But one of them just happens to be a governor of a remote, far eastern territory. You know, in the vicinity of communist China. Far eastern territory, Khabarovsk. And this governor, Sergei Fergal, he was seized, or as the western press referred to it, he was escorted into custody. Escorted into custody, you know. But he's being charged with murders back in 2004, 2005. But why has he really been arrested? Well, this man is frequently referred to as the people's governor. I don't go for titles like that because, again, you know, It's the kind of titles that the evil ones use. But what is it that this man did? He just happened to beat out a Kremlin-backed candidate from the ruling United Russia Party. From Vladimir Putin's ruling party, he beat out a Vladimir Putin-backed candidate. That's pretty much unforgivable right there. But then... Then it moved on to the second round. And he refused to drop out of the race, even though he was offered a position as deputy to Putin's flunky. But he has been portrayed as being disloyal to Putin and to the Kremlin. That's the kiss of death. Not just in Putin's regime in Russia. That's the kiss of death in any totalitarian regime. Not to be loyal to the dictator. And the dictator's political apparatus. Security apparatus. Well, the police estimated that a protest that took place, a public demonstration 
that there were 10,000 to 12,000 people. This is like the funny accounting that is always done in Washington, D.C. with regard to the March for Life. Always downplaying the numbers. And meanwhile, exaggerating the numbers for other things such as the million man mugging. But local media, they estimated it was 20,000 to 30,000, which is probably still downplaying how many people were present who turned out to protest the arrest and imprisonment of this man who is due to be tried in a kangaroo court and imprisoned for who knows how long. Well, of course, Putin knows. And probably die in captivity. You know, perhaps just from illness or something. But this is a case of classic terrorism. There are different types of terrorism. You know, there are the indiscriminate random attacks favored many times because then people don't know who's going to get hit next, where it's going to happen next. And then there are instead these targeted attacks. So this man is being used as a cautionary tale to all others who would oppose the Putin regime in any way, shape, or form. But a political strategist, former speechwriter for Putin, he referred to it that way. But the second arrest was of Ivan Safranov. He used to be a defense journalist. More recently, has been an advisor at the Russian space agency, Roscosmos. And he's been charged with espionage, with treason. Even though these charges clearly have to do with his journalistic efforts. Journalism is perhaps the most dangerous profession in Russia. So very many journalists, investigative reporters, have been assassinated by Vladimir Putin via his security forces. But curiously, there are no documents currently testifying that Mr. Safranov transferred any information to foreign citizens. Oh, but they will come up with some. Rest assured, there there will be documents. They will find documents attesting to that. Because that's the way it is in totalitarian states, such as these of our most favored regime. Superpowers, nuclear superpowers that have never turned back from their ultimate goals, their ultimate aims of destroying the United States of America. 
FBI director, he referred to communist China's regime as being very patient. Yes, that virtue of the East having a very long view or perspective, unlike the extremely short-term, blind, ignorant view so common in the West. Very patient, yes, and very cunning and persistent. Meanwhile, before I go on, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done, and whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is due to me. That is on me. That is my fault. Meanwhile, in this supposedly free United States of America. What is it that is going on all across America in the major cities, most spectacularly? The major cities, the sanctuary cities, the leftist-controlled major population center states and cities. Blacktivism galore awash with pandering and demagoguing to the black community, that black lives matter most or only. Take your pick. But it's not pandering to the godly, righteous members of the black so-called community, but it is pandering and demagoguing to those who are bent on upending this nation. But in Seattle, that enlightened city, that emerald city, Seattle, Washington, Washington State has not been viewed as being particularly leftist. Erroneously, it has not been. It is in some quarters. It's finally been recognized as being what it is. But it's been that way for a long time. That's not to say that all of the population is that way, just as not all of the population in California is that way, or all of the population in Illinois, or all of the population in New York State, or in New Jersey, or in Connecticut, or in Massachusetts, or in Oregon. But a very significant number of those who are in the positions of power are that way, and they enjoy the support of many. So, Washington State, if you look 
at their political representation in the U.S. Senate, particularly, and the mayor positions, particularly of Seattle, as well as, of course, in Congress, you will find this extreme leftist bent. (laughs) And it's been that way. This extreme feminist leftist bent has been demonstrated very prominently for a long, long time. But Seattle, famed now for the Capitol Hill organized protest CHOP, I think that title really says it all, doesn't it? That acronym, CHOP. Yes. In this wonderful city where the mayor, the enlightened mayor, she saw fit to cave in, to take over of a section of downtown Seattle by so-called protesters, so-called peaceful protesters, protesting for social justice, along with armed anarchists, and has spoken up for them bravely, she has, along with, of course, the media, the major media across the nation has gotten involved in this. But leftist Democrat Jenny Durkin, not a woman of color. No, she's a white woman. But she has fully supported what has taken place there. This abomination. And has made it out to be an exercise in democracy. Seattle is fine. Don't be so afraid of democracy. Even if the democracy in Seattle more nearly approximates the democracy of the French Revolution. Oh. But now things have gotten so bad. There's been so much evidence of how bad things have become there where she had the police leave. Oh, yes, let's shut down the police. Let's defund the police. Let's outlaw the police. Let's dismantle the police forces. So that then we can have anarchy rule. Not peace, but anarchy rule. Surely these leftists don't want that. They don't want anarchy to rule. They don't want the blood to be flowing in the streets. Of course not. On the contrary, they do. Why would they want such a thing, do you imagine? For this very simple reason. Is that even as there has been this completely anti-democratic reaction, if you want to call it that, with reference to the coronavirus, the lockdowns, citywide, statewide, nationwide, 
that have been enacted by leftist Democrats. And yes, leftist Democrat is an oxymoron. Leftist is Democrat. Democrat is leftist. But even as they have been at the forefront, they've been the tip of the spear of eradicating freedom, of seizing control by executive orders, of ordering the citizenry about, ordering them to stay home, ordering them to shelter in place, to stay in place, not to move about, just as the communists like to do, just as, not just in this coronavirus situation, but just as the totalitarian regimes have always controlled the citizenry. So too here. But in addition to that, here they exercise a different, almost antithetical, tactic or strategy, procedure, protocol, namely shutting down the police. Well, how are you going to enforce these rules of lockdown with no police? (laughs) It is kind of, you know, it's just extraordinary. But in any case, get rid of the police, pull them out, shut down the police stations, and all will be well. No, Well, the idiots, they may think so. The dupes may think so. But those who are really in the war rooms, the strategists, the ones who have been seeking this end, not just for decades, but centuries. No, none of them are that old. Some of them are approaching a century, but... They want anarchy. They want blood flowing in the streets. Sure, do away with the police departments for a while, you know, a month, six months, whatever, and then institute martial law. Then have military crackdown and militarized police crackdown. then eliminate democratic freedoms altogether. That is the end game. You don't have to believe it. You can say it's a conspiracy theory. There are no conspiracies. We have no use for conspiratorial thinkers. But what I'm talking about pertains directly to the stated, printed, published plans of the communists, of the Marxists, of the socialists, and of Meyer, Amschel, Bauer, Rothschild. The plans of Satan, and that just happened to dovetail with biblical prophecy. But oh no, it's just Just some conspiratorial imagination. But in any case, interestingly enough, in these places such as Seattle, Atlanta, 
Baltimore were so-called protests by violent mobs, armed anarchists, have not been opposed, have not merely been tolerated or condoned, but have been encouraged and promoted and promoted by the media for the most part, by most of the media across this nation and around the world. In these places where things have then spiraled out of control so badly, where murder upon murder upon murder of blacks by blacks has taken place in Seattle and in Atlanta and in Baltimore, then finally these leftist Democrat mayors have done an about-face and have said the protesters need to go. Clear them out. Why? Because it's become a political liability. It's funny, you know, the Democrat Party, oh my, I mean, they have been celebrating absolutely celebrating all of this blacktivism, which has been conducted hand in glove with the Democrats. But they've been celebrating it. Oh, this is really going to hurt Trump in his re-election bid. This is really going to hurt Republicans in their re-election bids for U.S. Senate or election bids, this is really going to hurt the Republicans running for Congress or who are in Congress. This is really going to hurt the Republicans running for mayor and what have you, and for governor. And, of course, within the legislatures in each state. And they have been really celebrating this and maximizing it, exacerbating it. But surprise, it's uh, not really working out quite as much to their advantage as they expected. You know, it's fine. It's fine if it results in martial law after the election. Or even martial law prior to the election and causing a great public outcry against the incumbent president and what have. But if it results in public outcry against the Democrats prior to the general elections, that's not the intended outcome. Oh, they're so clever, aren't they? They're so So terribly clever and smart. Yes, well, it is backfiring a bit. A bit. 19-year-old young man, 16-year-old boy, murdered in the chop zone in Seattle. 14-year-old boy, critically Injured. I don't know if he has passed away. 
all black, all African-American, black-on-black crime. Black-on-black crime that has actually, actively been covered up by those in this area. That's right. They have corrupted evidence. They have stolen evidence. It's great stuff. But Jenny Durkin, oh my, she's just deeply moved at the loss of life for those families and loved ones. Keisha Lance Bottoms, mayor in Atlanta, deeply moved about the death of an eight-year-old girl murdered over the 4th of July weekend near the site of this protest concerning the death of this woman of color. Yes, deeply moved when these thugs and these gangsters, blacks all, (laughs) by the way, no, not card-carrying members of Black Lives Matter, but they are the core constituency. When they murder little girls and young boys, well, then it's a tragedy. You know, these things were unforeseeable. These crimes are undoubtedly linked to white oppression. And on it goes. But meanwhile in Baltimore, the wonderful mayor there, Bernard C. Jack Young. I don't know how you get Jack out of a first name Bernard and a middle name starting with the letter C, but somehow he did it. Jack Young. When the Christopher Columbus statue was pulled down by thugs, gangsters, vandals, he defended it. He stated that it was part of a, quote, re-examination taking place nationally and globally around some of these monuments and statues that may represent different things to different people, end quote. What a strong statement. But he defended it. He condoned it as being a Re-examination, constituting a (laughs) re-examination. But I guess it didn't play out so well politically because days later, he changed his tune. Yes. Surprisingly, he did a turnabout. And he now states that these who did this will be brought to justice. Oh, my. 
brought to justice. What is that? We have no justice in the United States of America. It's a lie. No, not because of state-sponsored oppression of blacks and other myths like that. But because there is no righteousness, no godliness, because the evil, the monstrous destroyers, the murderers, kidnappers, rapists, destroyers are never punished. Other than, you know, that token number, less than 100 executed each year, after being in the justice system on average a quarter of a century after they have committed the heinous monstrosities that they've committed. And every ounce of deterrent value bled out of that. So there is no deterrent effect. There is no deterrent value. And then, of course, they must be executed painlessly And all of this enormous expenditure of time and money is, of course, on the back of the American people. But, oh well, things couldn't be better. Meanwhile, in Detroit, that wonderful city, sparkling city there, Chicago adjacent, you could say. I mean, it's a ways from Chicago, but, you know, it's kind of like a brother by a different mother, in a manner of speaking. A young man of color, 20 years of age, was shot by police. And what was the response? What would you imagine would be the response? A mob, a terrible, big... Angry, hateful, enraged, seething mob confronted the police, of course. But what actually took place? This wonderful young Hakeem Littleton. Well, curiously enough, the police, they were investigating a shooting that occurred at a block party during the 4th of July weekend. And they arrested a man named Darnell Sylvester. This man had an outstanding warrant against him for drug pushing. The police were not investigating Hakeem Littleton. No, they had no intention of arresting him for anything. But Hakeem Littleton was standing next to his bro, his buddy, Darnell Sylvester. And he yelled out, you are not going to take my man. In other words, take him into custody. And he pulled a gun and began firing at point blank range at the police. And the police returned fire and Littleton was killed. And amazingly, the police were spared. 
Littleton was no more than one yard away from the police officers when he pulled this pistol and began firing at point-blank range. And they defended themselves. And yet, this massive black mob materializes to protest this injustice. A mob that Saul Alinsky would be proud of, proud to call his own, and also akin to the communist rules for revolution, the Red Rules 1919, divide the people into hostile groups. Oh my. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But... Perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you.